Hello, and welcome to another episode of KEC&C's podcast, Global Thinking. I'm Eleanor Cavill, and today we're going to be exploring the new rules for a changed workforce, one year into the coronavirus pandemic. On the 16th of March 2020, speaking at the first of many daily coronavirus briefings, Boris Johnson announced that people in England should work from home wherever possible. That same week, in Paris, Berlin and beyond, leaders of governments asked their citizens the same thing. Please don't go into the office. 12 months later, and 60% of the UK's adult population remains working from home. From the confines of home offices, the UK's workforce has had to juggle homeschooling, increased working hours and challenges to their physical and mental well-being. And although Brits have probably enjoyed saving 1.1 billion between them each week on their commutes, the last year has reshaped the relationship between businesses and their employees. So what happens now? What do the last 12 months mean for how companies communicate, how they recruit and how they create culture? Today, we're joined by Charlotte Eaton, Chief People Officer at energy supply company OVO, and Joe Heppenstall, Group Head of Resourcing and Talent at defence technology company Kinetic. Both have been instrumental in managing the way that their businesses have tackled the home working challenge. Charlotte joined OVO herself during the pandemic, and Joe has been supporting a hybrid workforce throughout the crisis. So thanks both, Charlotte, Joe, for joining us today. Um, can we just start by hearing a bit about what the last 12 months has looked like for you both? It's been a truly extraordinary year for us here at OVO. Um, we're in a pretty unique position in that we acquired an organisation five times our size back in January 2020. So uh, interesting timing. And uh, this was a game-changing deal for us uh, across the entire energy sector and something that honestly hadn't been done before. So, so for us, um, at the same time this deal closed, uh, COVID had, had started to accelerate. And by the time I joined over at the beginning of April, which um, for me was also at the back of eight months of maternity leave, having still a small baby, we, we were in the midst of managing what was COVID, furlough, integration, restructuring, and a very large ERP migration too. So it's been, um, yeah, it, it's it's been uh, quite intense, I have to say, um, but also really interesting, um, and at the same time, really trying to, to bring to life our Plan Zero ethos, which is around building the leading place to work. So we've done a huge amount around zero carbon, bringing green to life through everything that we do, uh, which again has has created a lot of change for our leadership team and our community. And um, and for me, probably three main main themes stand out. Um, at a time when I think this could have been massively derailing um, and has been such a challenge for communities all over the world, with so much happening, oddly, we saw it really bring people together. And I think that's been been reflected in both business and also in society. Um, for us, we were a very new team. We brought these two businesses together. A lot of us had never worked together before, um, plunged together through COVID and integration. And, and in a in a strange way, it was the perfect way to kind of start to get to know each other, start to immerse people into our um, culture, and a real sense of camaraderie started to develop. So um, that's kind of one big theme, I think, for me that stood out. The other couple of themes were around humanizing leadership. Um, clearly, this has given people a real world lens into families, their homes. Um, just the other day, I held a meeting with our trade union partners. I had my 20-month-old on my knee um, uh, eating a packet of baby um, baby snacks. Um, and do you know what? It had become so normal. No one flinched. Um, I think it's been a real chance to see authentic 
leadership at play. Um, and that, that for me has been a joy. And then of course, um, the high highs and low lows. Um, I, I've really enjoyed the opening up of conversations around well-being and mental health. And I, I, I really hope that that's something that, that stays and sticks. Um, and Joe, what about you? Um, I mean, how how has Kinetic um, managed uh, the immense change that we've seen, I guess, to, to working patterns over the last um, 12 months or so? Yeah, indeed. What a what a changeable year. I think uh, furlough and uh, and homeschooling um, and, and many of these terms that to so many of us would have seemed alien, you know, 12 months ago had become a way of life. Um, and I think it seeks to raise the the person agenda um, and that of staff and well-being, as, as Charlotte said, it really raises that up, up the agenda and, and puts it at the heart of, of companies and organisations again, uh, in a way that perhaps you know twelve months ago no one could have predicted. Um, and there are huge positives from that, and I think that businesses who've you know enhanced their ability to communicate through this difficult year with their employees are also reaping the benefit of. You know, increased um, uh, buy-in from that group of employees, increased engagement, um, who, who are being rewarded with people staying in companies that have put their arms around them for that bit longer. Um, and, and I think it's it's right to highlight that. For us, it's it's been a, a you know a, a, a good year, um, which is amazing to say when so much has happened that's that's you know in the press and certainly can be negative. Um, around the pandemic to to actually strive forward and feel you're making inroads during that time is uh, is is a hell of a thing um, that we're we're pretty proud of um, and and for us I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there this is about leadership and it's about communication within leadership and and I think that's probably how we've led through um, through this time. You both mentioned there kind of actually this experience, obviously bringing people together. Um, I guess one area that it's maybe a bit harder to come together is, you know, virtually onboarding or or joining a company during this time. So although, Charlotte, you have had direct experience in that area, having joined um, the company yourself in the last year. But I guess, could you both speak a bit to um, how that's been, kind of how you're managing that for for new joiners and still um, helping them get a sense for what your organisations are about and, and helping them interact and come together with their colleagues? Yeah, we've we've been um, dabbling with um, video interviewing in particular as a as a lead technology for hiring um, for some time. Um, and our latest platform maneuver was in January twenty uh, twenty. Um, little did we know at that point how widely we would end up using that platform and switching all of our interviewing um, across to a to a virtual. Uh, digital uh, platform, and 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 that's really made a difference to us. It it's meant that the time it takes to get to interview, and the ability of our teams to to conjoin on one site to form an interview panel, ha- has been taken that you know, out out of the question because they don't need to travel. Um, so it's really brought forward engagement. It puts everybody on a living playing field, um, at least for the first you know, greeting, uh, you know, with a prospective candidate. And, and that's that's been great. And we've seen many benefits of that. Um, but also, I think it's it's enabled people to see the sort of business they're joining, one that um, will probably take a digital path to their entire onboarding, um, you know, giving them a, a portal to 
to see welcome messages, to understand more about our policies around health and well-being and, and employees at the heart of the business. Um, and to see those sorts of messages coming through strongly before even making it to day one, um, I think is, is something that, that has accelerated this year as a result of the challenges. We hired about 800 people last year into OVO, um, pretty much all of which will have been done in a virtual capacity. And, and if you really reflect on that, that is an extraordinary pivot in terms of how we work. Um, and, and I think took a lot of backbreaking effort from across our team and our community to, to really make that um, an, an efficient, effective and, and enjoyable process for everybody. Uh, and we also have done things from a cultural level. That That's probably the harder bit because you, you get so much of the kind of cultural immersion through kind of seeing people through those sort of when you're grabbing a coffee, you know, having a chat to people, obviously much of that's gone away. So we've probably had to work again harder at that, at making sure that that does happen in more of a virtualized form. Um, and we actually also kicked off our, our Plan Zero new starter boxes, which uh, gives people a, an opportunity to really get a sense of, of what we're all about and our purpose before they join and starts so start some thinking about that 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 journey. So um, it's very similar to Joe's similar experiences, but you know, really, if you think about it, that pivot of of making eight hundred hires um, and and that being very successful is quite telling. I think actually, there's a reflection that we've we've heard and, and read so much in the press about the increase of flexibility, which has been you know absolutely paramount for businesses carrying on. Um, particularly in terms of, of, of homeschooling and enabling parents. Um, and it's, it's great that we're now turning that to an external focus. We're starting to look at what does that mean for our hiring? You know, are all roles perm roles as before? Can we be more flexible? Can we increase the number of returners looking to come back to work for, for whatever reason from, from previous you know, status? Um, and, and the likes of our, our what we call our Friends of Kinetic program, it's a zero hours uh, program that that's really there for tapping into um, skills and experiences of the past, um, typically used for those who've retired. And and actually, are there more that we can do with that program now, um, given that flexibility is to the fore? Making sure we don't lose sight of that as we sort of come out of, of pandemic status. And you've both mentioned, I guess, pivots and transitions and that need for flexibility there. Um, I guess another question would be kind of how more precisely do you think that comms um, has had to evolve to kind of work with those um, moments of flexibility and, and those transitions I guess and um, what has changed in the way um, you communicate with employees or future talent um, as a result of, of the pandemic? Oh it's critical I mean it's it, I, I mentioned it up front it's, it's probably the single biggest lever that, that a company has to pull on is its ability to make sense in a in an otherwise you know, volatile and ever-changing world. Uh, and certainly from the very top of our organisation, our our chief exec has been very clear from, I think, you know, 23rd of March last year um, to be able to communicate with employees on, on the basis of three and mentioned the three key things and to always have employee safety and health as the very first one. Uh, and for us, that same thing throughout every messaging, every communication channel of every different point throughout the year even now uh, you know nearly a year on that is still the first point that's mentioned uh, and and very much the priority focus that we we keep safety health and well-being of employees clients and suppliers to to the heart of what we do 
and secondary to that, the business metrics that you would normally imagine. Um, and that's been so well received. To, to hear that from a from a corporate, albeit an ex-governmental one, is is a, 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 a very special thing for those of us who perhaps hadn't experienced that so much before. Yeah, I, I would echo that, Joe. I, I, I really think from a comms perspective, you know, the team has really been 24-7 in demand. I describe them as a bit like magicians and it, it, we, we, our comms team doesn't just do comms, it, we call it people engagement and um, they've had to conjure up kind of lots of reactive comms, they've had to think about campaigns, they've thought about well-being events in pretty short sharp timeframes as we adapt and respond and have had to be really innovative. You know, we, we've used this as, as an opportunity to bring our purpose to life once again, I've talked a lot about our Plan Zero purpose. Um, which is all around net zero um, carbon. And, and, and for us, um, we want to use that to bring some joy and some hope and have used that to bring some joy and hope during what has been a time of, frankly, great limitation for everybody. So an example of that is we did Plan Zero Week last September, uh, which is our was a week of sort of immersion into our purpose and our values and sustainability and green um, we even had a, an awesome uh, internal Instagram wall where people posted lots of pictures of the things that they were doing around sustainability. And it, it was it was events like that that really acted as galvanizers, but also just, I think, gave people something to look forward to uh, in what, what's just been an incredibly challenging period for people professionally and also at a family level. In the latest edition of the KCNC um, COVID opinion tracker that we've been using to measure public sentiment during the pandemic, we found that 49% of employees in the UK um, reported that their anxiety levels have worsened since the start of the crisis. Um, so I guess, is this something that you've seen reflected within your organisations and, and how more broadly have you been managing um, the heightened challenges, I guess, associated with employee well-being? Joe talked earlier about health and safety and well-being being at the, the centre of all of the comms and, and I've seen that echoed um, very much in the same way. We, we've, I mean, it's gone up the agenda tenfold. I, you know, we, we talk about well-being in all of the comms. We've had specific well-being events and programmes running uh, over the dark winter months. We had Wellbeing Wednesdays, which is uh, where we had leaders sharing their hints and tips around well-being, sharing their experiences, including mental health, of course, which has been such a core part of this. Uh, we've all had our own challenges and uh, also giving people the opportunity to try lots of different interesting things and get involved. You know, we had uh, yoga running. Uh, we even had uh, dance classes, um, all sorts of things, uh, meditation groups, all sorts of things for people to try. And our leaders, what I've loved about this is our leaders have really um, stepped forward in an authentic way and shared their own experiences. Uh, at our last town hall, we had a number of leaders stepping up talking about how lockdown three had been the toughest today and sharing their own experiences. Our CEO uh, talked about doing a virtual commute uh, and using that as, as sort of that thinking time that he would have had before, but, but no longer has because he's tra not traveling to the office. People have really, um, I think, really valued that sort of openness and honesty about our own challenges and, and, and it's enabled them to open up too, which I think has been really, really positive. Yeah, I'd, I'd echo that. The, the feedback you can get from, from uh, two eight-year-olds on a Friday afternoon um, when you're trying to do, your, to do your work to write policy and deal with, uh, deal with their maths problems is, 
is just as brutal to, to your mental health as anything you can be thrown by by your boss at work. Um, that's my personal understanding. But uh, and it hasn't been any easier in, in, in January than it than it was in uh, in May and June. So um, yeah, I think that that's absolutely right to recognise. For us, it's been about understanding the uniqueness, the that every individual is different, their needs, their mental health needs, and otherwise. Um, for us, you know, we've got like 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 you, Charlotte, lots of you know, different countries to be thinking about here, and the pandemic has has been difficult um, in in different areas of the world. When it when it hit in Australia, from our point of view, there were huge um, forest fires um, burning out of control in many of our territories in in Australia, and that had already raised anxiety levels. So, you know, moving toward a pandemic status was only going to increase that. So, recognizing that entering was a different period for them in Australia than, than necessarily in the UK when we didn't really know what was going on um, to, 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 to that extent. So I think recognising difference in individual, you know, employee groups, those who do have to carry on coming into work. We we, we have some interest in uh, national defence um, and, and, and clearly one of the, the companies involved in the innovation around respiration uh, and, and uh, innovative uh, new powered respirator devices that carried on throughout the summer for us and we did need people in and working and so those groups and their well-being was was different in terms of need from those of us who uh, have more desk-based jobs that we were able to transfer and work um, you know quite well from home so it, it you know the the, uh, the catalyst there to to really wind us forward probably five or ten years um, and, and from our point of view with the international growth agenda that we have um, that really enables this sort of distributed teams working, um, not not just because we can work in the UK, you know, over video and uh, you know, various platforms and be secure to do so, but but much much more widely internationally, and allowing that flexibility to not just be around you know, school or travel or exercise or any other needs, but to be around time zone requirements as well. Um, and the only way you can achieve any of it is through flexibility and trust. Joe, you've um, you've forayed us into, I think, a really interesting topic around culture and and kind of the evolution of culture during this time. Um, and it's sort of something I'm really passionate about. I, I you know, COVID's been so challenging um, for, for us all, um, but you talked there about that kind of five or 10 year leap. And I do think it's been a leapfrog moment for, for as you say, flexibility. I think it's a massive opportunity to drive more progressive organizations. Um, that's absolutely you know, one that we struck very early. Um, when I arrived last April, by May, we'd already put our stall out to say that when, when things did return to normal. And at that point, of course, we didn't know when, and, and it's certainly been longer, I think, than we all ever anticipated. But we will give people choice in where and when they work um, on a day-to-day -day basis, wherever possible. Of course, roles are different, but um, wherever their job allows that, it will be an incredibly flexible proposition ongoing. Um, and I love that. I love the fact that so many cultures will see this as a, as a chance to really shape something quite different, a whole new path. And I really hope that that we all seize that opportunity and, and don't slip back kind of into some of the ways that it it was before and I also think other aspects around things like kind of connecting people to purpose um, being human-centered I also think that's also taken a massive leap forward in many places at scale um, 
at that point we talked about earlier around emotional intelligence as a, as a leadership team. I think as a lot of people have had to be very chameleon-like in adapting to the needs of individuals and communities. Um, but it's that the cultural evolution is one that I think has been fascinating and, and there are big opportunities there, um, as I shared earlier. The one thing I think that's been a double-edged sword is intensity. So um, I love the fact that over this time it's been pacey, and we're an organisation anyway that's just massively pacey, real momentum, massive progress, very fast. Um, but without that, anything to break up that intensity, you know, without those water cooler moments, as people often talk about, that back-to-back -back virtual meetings, um, that sort of any organisation with a proclivity for for pace and momentum, it almost feels like that that aspect of culture has been in hyperdrive. And I definitely think there's a double-edged sword to that, which is it, it will have taken its toll. And at the end of this, I suspect there'll be a lot of people feeling very, very tired, not just professionally, but also personally, uh, given it's been such a long year. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think maybe one thing that I've found personally is that there's not really or there's less of an end to the day whereas before you know you could on a Thursday evening <laughs> go down to the pub and have a drink and you'd be immediately away from your laptop when we're all sat at our desks uh, me personally working from my bedroom there's not that detachment in the same way um, so yeah I totally I totally see what you mean Charlotte Looking ahead a bit as well, I mean, right now, I guess we're at a slightly different moment, um, given that the June 21st date has perhaps been floated as a return to normality. But I think definitely a lot of businesses in the UK are, are probably going to be kind of cautiously planning the return um, to offices or at least the reopening of offices. Um, so as HR teams, employer brand teams, comms teams prepare for that, what do you think they should be focusing on? Um, is it that flexible working opportunity that, you know, there's a real moment that everyone can seize now? Or are there other areas where we can do things differently moving forwards? We're focusing on a range of things. Um, clearly, we're focusing on safety first. And we don't yet know what the parameters around the reopening of offices will mean, uh, you know, in terms of things, even things of like capacity and social distancing and mask wearing and everything in between. So I think we are keeping an eagle eye on, on how that will evolve. And of course, making sure that at the point people can return, that, that it's safe to do so and, and that that's managed really well and informed and communicated really well. But I think there's a couple of other facets. We're definitely making sure we land well. As I said, we the over way of working will look different moving forwards. That's launched, but we want that to embed, and it's going to be a real like um, rubber hitting the road moment when the offices do do kind of open to everybody again. That people have a huge amount of flexibility ongoing, and for them to experience this kind of new hybrid world where they have a high degree of choice and a huge amount of autonomy. So we want to land that really well, and we 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 want to make sure that people are afforded that that opportunity. But we also see this as an opportunity to have a celebration of coming back together. So there's a there is an important moment here where a lot of people haven't seen their colleagues face to face in about a year. It will be more than that by the time that we you know we can actually return. And so we are looking at this as a moment to to have a celebration, to celebrate our community, to celebrate our purpose. 
Um, and we haven't got, we, haven't, we don't know quite yet what we're going to do, but we do want to do something around that um, so that it, it feels like a moment that matters to people. This is, it could be a missed opportunity, but we want to take that as an opportunity and make this a real moment that matters. That's really interesting to hear the, the the celebratory aspects of that, and 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 for some people it may it may feel like that, and for others less so, perhaps. That uh, I I think not taking anything for granted in the in in the workspace uh, arena is is the right thing. I'm looking towards this as a um, as a development opportunity to really you know throw up for talent um, that that as a company we're we're no longer. Uh, you know sort of focused on the the office locations of the past but but actually this is an opportunity to highlight how well we you know, we could hire some fairly scarce skills that exist in the locations of the talent pools those skills are in and not just in the locations where we where we are and for me I, i'm seeing a, a huge opportunity there um not just from a, a national perspective but internationally um, there's much, much more that we can do to enable our own company agenda and growth, um, but also to recognise that that this is a, a huge potential for for hiring in a much more you know diverse and, and inclusive manner. Um, and, and frankly, we need it, don't we? We all, all employers need um, these extra elements that are going to help boost that, um, because of course that agenda has massively increased over the last year as well. As we've seen the the the, the BLM um, campaign and and the process around companies thinking and and being challenged, challenging themselves as to what that means for them. Um, so that that's a huge opportunity to take forwards. Um, but it you know it's a huge amount of work as well for for property teams to ready um, you know businesses and offices and space that was designed for you know quite often for people coming together in in relatively large numbers. Um, you know whether it's a, a you know a, a theatre style that would have had people sitting, you know, less than five centimetres apart uh, in the olden days to working out how that might work now over the next probably year. Um, so there's 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 going to be an awful lot to do, and and, and even on some sites that we have that um, that, that have carried on um, for, for good reason, uh, you know, just just operating a. Uh, a lateral flow testing for employees that are that are backing site now is challenging in itself. There's, there's no easy, easy feat uh, to to do these things. So we must recognise that that it's this is a change to the norm or to change to the previous normal, um, and uh, and 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 try and embrace the positivity where where it is. Um, and so we focused, I, I guess, a lot on on the positives and the learnings, definitely that will be carried forwards into the new reality um, in the next few months. But I'm sure that there must be some things that you'll be delighted to leave behind um, when we can return to the office again. So my last question is just kind of, what are the things that you'll be thankful to never have to do or think about at work again? This well, this makes me smile, and I mean, I, I, I think this will be different things for different people. If, if you ask my colleagues of, um, with school age kids, uh, they were jumping for joy this week when, uh, when kids made their way back into school. I'm sure they will, will not be sad to leave behind homeschooling. Um, uh, I, for, for me, it, it's funny. Uh, for me, it's, it's going to be at a personal level. It's going to be things like I, I definitely won't miss the panic when my Wi-Fi 
uh, isn't working very well and uh, you know I've got a pixelated screen or I can't hear someone and I've got nowhere to go uh, you know that that's been some of the very more sort of stressful moments trying to log on to my 3G hotspot um, and uh, and that not being great either uh, it happened this week so it, it's actually still incredibly fresh 12, 12 months in <laughs> yeah 12 months in luckily I haven't been it's not been too bad throughout but but I, I have had one or two bouts where where it, you know, where it's really felt like the end of the world. Um, and, and honestly, I also won't miss the wall-to-wall video calls. You know, I think we talked a bit about that earlier. It's been incredibly intense. Um, back-to-back all day, uh, the end of the day feels sort of more like a fluid thing. Um, and I'm looking forward personally to having a real kind of hybrid way of working. So breaking my week up with some some trips to our offices and some time at home with my two small girls. Um and finding a real balance for so that would those would be my uh, my things that I definitely uh, wouldn't want to wouldn't want to keep with me. Uh, I'm I'm very similar, Charlotte. I mean, the the time with the girls is uh, it, you know has been a huge positive. But uh, much as I do love them, um, I, I think that Monday coming and the the schools reopening um, has has made a shift in me. Um, as no doubt it does in, in, in many employees. But for others, it'll be different things. Some people, you know, actually really like driving their car and they really like their commute. Um, so being able to, to to have that back will make a difference to them. And for some, it's because of a radio station or music they listen to or whatever it might be. Um, for others, it's because actually they, they enjoy their, you know, their their coffee at whatever outlet they buy it from on the way to work and that and that sort of routine that's been hard for people to particularly the first half of the, of the year really hard to generate a routine that works as well as the one you'd been doing for the previous 15 or 20 years um and I, and I think it's it's getting that sense of um of of comfort back in a, a life uh, and in a life situation around work and I think that that will spell the biggest change um but but yes, absolutely different for, for each person. Um, screen screen fatigue um, is, is something that's being uh, researched a lot at the moment, and we're hearing a lot about, you know, particularly with with secondary school uh, age children in the UK, and um, they're being asked to do sort of six hours plus on on screen, and it's that's that's hard. Uh, those of us in reasonably corporate jobs, are, are, you know, experiencing the same thing, and it's 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 weary. Um, so uh, actually, I think genuine human connection um, that, that we started to feel a bit of perhaps in the summer uh, and into the autumn. Um, I think we, we all felt, those of us who had that, that coming back being a really positive thing, um, albeit probably in a you know, balanced hybrid manner, um, will really make a difference. Thanks, Charlotte. Thanks, Joe. It's been a pleasure talking to you both and learning more about what the last year has looked like for your organisations, as well as what this new normal might mean for employees and employers in the future. If you want to listen to more episodes of Keck CNC's Global Thinking, then visit our website, www.kecknc.com, or search Global Thinking on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. 